Hello. Okay. This week has been a really crazy week. Oh my goodness. But also so much fun. In short, I was hosting someone this week. A friend of mine came to Canada from London. We met each other when I did my solo trip to Japan. And it was a really amazing trip because I feel like when you're traveling alone, there's an element of yourself that you kind of just feel like you're missing. Maybe. I don't know. I don't think that that is for everybody. But I can absolutely speak for myself when I say that. But it was cool because I was at such a different point in my life when we became friends. And so it was so fun for him to come over and hang out because it felt like that trip was four years ago. And we've come so far since then. It kind of feels like we grew up together almost. So that was really wholesome. And I really enjoyed that time. We did stop off at the spa. And I'm not sure if you feel this, but (laughs) um, do you ever just zone out? Um, But you don't really keep in mind where your eyes are when you zone out. Well, that happened to me. I was sitting in one of the beanbag chairs at the Scandinav Spa in Whistler. I was zoning out, but I realized after the fact that I was zoning out and I was staring at this poor person. This poor person just looked up from their book and I I feel like I startled them because I'm not. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> that was so embarrassing. That was just a moment of just, wow. It, it's like words don't even need to be said. For you to feel how embarrassing that is (laughs) because they could be thinking oh my goodness this person is going to rob me you know like it was a lifeless stare i'm like three circuits in at this point guys and taking cold plunges it takes a lot out of you anyways to that person i don't think that they're listening i really they're probably not listening i am so sorry that is unacceptable and I had a long I had more than a few words with myself that's actually something that lingers in the back of my mind that's one of the embarrassing moments that haunt you in the shower you know what I mean like your life is going so great and you're feeling so good and then you think about one moment that just shatters all of which that is your confidence but it was a very fun week I had a lot of fun But you're not here to listen to me talk about ways that I make other people feel uncomfortable by accident. I figured, you know, we're two episodes in and we're really leaning into the behind the scenes of design. There is the feedback. There's the experience, that infamous question. But I think it's about damn time that we dive into trends. We're going to talk about design trends that I didn't appreciate before, but do now. So let's get into it. Something that I was recently told is that grout is no longer. I think a builder told me that, but I have to disagree. I feel like grout is such an interesting feature of design because if you're using tile, there is no real way around it. You got to use grout. If you're not sure what grout is, 
Grout is that little sliver or so of concrete or cement that is pushed into the crevices of the tiles that are laid down. Grout can come in so many different colors, so many different colors, and it can change the space completely. If you have a light tile and you want something that is a little bit more stark and gives more contrast, you can go for a darker grout. But if you want something that's a little bit more subdue, a little bit more undercover, and less likely to smack you in the face with that bold personality, less likely to draw attention to itself, you might go for a grout that matches that tile. Something about grout that I like to incorporate is keeping the grout thin. You'll find that a lot of older builds, you might have a really thick grout line. And what grout does is a lot of the time it's very textured, it's very coarse. And when it's on a finish such as your entryway, if it's light, you can see how the foot traffic over the years turns the grout almost a little yellowy or dark. You can see where it's been well-loved and where people have been able to experience the space. For me, in maintenance purposes, what I like to let the people that I work with know about grout is that a thinner grout line, that would be maybe an eighth of an inch, there's less surface area for it to change color, you know? We can also keep in mind the location of this grout and tile. Is it in the entryway? If so, we might lean into a bit of a darker color so that the change in color from the foot traffic over time isn't as obvious as opposed to if we were to go for a thick grout line that's like half an inch and is a white, like a stark white. You know what I mean? This is just something that we just don't have control over. Does that mean that everyone needs to go for a thin grout line? No. I really like to design keeping maintenance in mind because I know I have been there. It really is just a hassle over time because when it changes the look of the design, that's where it's reminding you every single day of your life that it's just not going to get any better, you know? It's not going to get any lighter over the course of this time. So start panicking. Start scrubbing with your toothbrush. <laughs> I don't know, guys. I really don't know. This is probably so weird, but I really, I swear I can't be the only one. We actually dry the grout in our shower because water buildup can really change the grout color fast. And I am all about a design that is easy, especially if you're raising a family or if you're on the go. Anything that requires us to not have to invest so much energy on maintaining a space, I feel is a universal liking. The second design trend that I didn't appreciate before, but do now, are lines. Lines in a space. We all know that vertical lines make a space look taller and horizontal lines make a space look longer. But there are spaces that really use curvilinear lines and just curvature of furniture as focal points because they just look so different from what we're used to seeing. It almost shakes up the visual of the space because we're not able to anticipate the existence of this 
very squiggly looking armchair and it has like a really rounded cushion versus when we look at a couch, our brains kind of know that, okay, that's a place to lie down. It's probably going to be long, you know? See, here's the thing. The danger of this podcast is I am left with no visuals. So if this is just bad, um, I actually would like for you to let me know. This would help me a lot. But you don't know if you don't try. So that's what I'm doing here. There's a space. It's a living room. And the millwork has these arches. And it's just stunning. It's so cool. Because when you look at the millwork, it plays with the negative space. When we look at shelving, a lot of us kind of see shelving as just a place to throw clutter over time. But to look at this modern image and to see how this designer really leaned into that intentional placement of vases and books and maybe they're staring it off to the side a little bit. Maybe there's a candle that is leaning and by allowing for the shelf to be open and not have so much clutter we're able to see like the shapes that those pieces on the shelf give in the negative space like the shape of this vase in the arches and how it balances out the other side because there's that same arched millwork on the other side of the fireplace and it's just different it's so cool when we can look at lines and curves and just allow for them to speak their own language you know it's like in a pancake recipe, you have the flour, the vanilla, and you have the sugar. And those are just, those are characters that we love. <laughs> but no one's talking about the baking soda that allows for it to rise. You know what I mean? Without the baking soda, we then have a crepe. Again, with the cooking analogies. I really admire spaces that allow for lines and curves to take up space and to give the space its own sort of silent detail because it's so easy to miss, but it's stunning when we get it right. I guess what admiring vertical lines and horizontal lines and curves has taught me is the value in not completely filling up the space. Another thing I want to talk about is mirrors. Mirrors are cool because when they're placed in a location, it could do so much for the space. It could really open it up and it could look stunning and the detailing in the frame, ooh, and in the bathroom, it could be like a really small 10 by 14, 10 inches wide, 14 inches high. You know, like it can just be a really wonky looking thing. But when it's accompanied with other details that kind of bring it all to life, like a really beautiful sconce that hangs above that mirror, or maybe two light fixtures that are side by side next to the mirror in the bathroom with a marble counter and a focal point of a faucet, you know? I think mirrors are just so cool, and I think they're just the unsung hero of it all. Something that I would like to mention about mirrors is there is a double-edged sword. For one, well, let's just say that they reflect light. So if we place it on a wall that the sun is coming down, we might find ourselves burning a hole in our head. 
like that really juicy like sunset side of the day that you know sometimes the sun is stunning but it's like not stunning in our corneas it's like you feel that in the back of your head you just feel no bueno it's reflecting it in an unfavorable location so say you're sitting on your couch and you're watching tv that might be a location that you might want to consider moving another thing to consider is private areas it's so nice to have a mirror when we're just about to walk out the door i like to look into the mirror to make sure that i don't have any food in my teeth but you know there is such thing as uh, changing our clothes and there is such thing as a poor location of a mirror in a way that it exposes our birthday suit you know i'll be the first to share that i 100 percent was in that situation I was on vacation. This place that we were staying at had bifold mirror doors and you could guess how that went. And I'm I'm just like <laughs> Oh, hey. <laughs> so, that's what the double-edged sword of mirrors are. Bifold doors are dangerous. So be wary. Be mindful. Because bifold doors, when you open and close them, they, they change like the direction of, of where your reflection reflects. Bifold doors change perspectives. <laughs> they really do. So I think I have a fear of bifold doors now that are mirrors. And unfortunately, a lot of spaces do have them in the bedroom. So be mindful, okay? We like to keep private areas as private areas. There's an unpredictability about that design feature that I'm still wrestling with. So moral of the story is be careful with bifold doors. Let's move on. Something that I've realized since starting interior design is layout is so specific to the user that lives in the space. I feel like in school, we're taught these guidelines of you know, this is the best way to use the space and block out this couch here and put this lamp here and put this chair here. Oh, and the dining table. Everyone's got to have a dining table, you know, but it's so different. And I feel like the best way to know what layout works best for you is to ask yourself how you interact with the space. What might work for one person doesn't necessarily work for another. I remember talking to my mom about a table and she would always make a joke like, that's a really beautiful table, but it's not for right now. And I would always wonder, oh, what do you mean? Like, I think it's stunning. I think we can have it right now. Mind you, I'm like 10, <laughs> you know. But then I realized that this table that we currently have is a round table. And it has a plastic cover on it because my brother and I wouldn't stop spilling our cereal in the morning and would make a mess, to say the least. So with that, we deprived our mother of having a beautiful, clean brown table. There was a plastic cover on it stained in milk, fog, and maybe paint. But now she was able to remove the plastic and she had a custom glass piece cut to lay over the wood table. So now she's hosting all the time. And who knows, maybe in the future they might want to get a square table. But that's just an example of how layout is dependent on the person who lives in the space. 
And I guess the last thing that I wanted to talk about is botanicals. Plants I used to think were super boring because they're plants. I used to think, oh my gosh, this plant, it's so boring. Why is it here? It serves no purpose. You can get this plant anywhere. You could plant it and grow it, or you can buy it off Amazon. What's special about a plant? Well, my eyes were really opened by the experience of noticing how unlively a space looks without it. Because when I was taking classes back at BCIT, I remember my instructor mentioning that humans gravitate towards a lot of earthy tones. That's why we feel better when there's hardwood on our feet than vinyl and laminate. That's why we enjoy being in nature. That's why we feel better um, going for a walk and experiencing the fresh air firsthand. That's why we like to look out the window. That's why we like camping. (laughs) I don't know. I guess I could speak for a handful of us. Not everyone, though. So keeping that in mind, when I started to incorporate a lot of greenery, I realized that it plays such a fundamental role. It's almost like a refreshing placeholder from a lot of man-made pieces that we just buy over and over and over again. It could look very quickly like a showroom if we don't have greenery, and it can look very cold. But when we have anything that has a touch of green or anything that looks like it needs oxygen and sun to survive, it actually boosts our mood. I'm not a scientist, so I'm not going to say that it 100% boosts our mood, but it tends to make us feel better. We feel a little calmer. Another point in botanicals that I really appreciate now is that they all have a different shape to them. I'll give you some examples. The birds of paradise is a nice one because it's a plant that starts from the root and then it starts to fan out. Those are nice because they take up a lot of space and they give a fuller effect depending on where you decide to place them. Another plant is the classic fig tree. The fig tree has really large branches. It kind of has a bit of a husk to it, like there's weight to the look, but it tends to look like a broccoli. You know, it just looks like it's fanning out and it just looks so full at the top. And then there's just this little branch that is the base or the trunk of the tree. But I really like to pair it with a fuller looking basket. So it just looks a little bit more balanced. So yeah, I would say that would be the fig tree. I do love a nice olive tree. The olive trees have smaller leaves, but could run a little bit similar to a fig tree where it looks very bushy at the top and very full at the top. It looks it looks full at the top. And so you can balance it with an oversized planter or basket. For stuff on the table, I really love a good eucalyptus plant. I don't know what it is. I think it's the spa girl in me, but I think that it is. It's just relaxing. If you're into real plants, I really love to put a eucalyptus branch in the shower. It gives off a really nice aroma and it just feels so great in your sinuses. That's another great option. Um, And yeah, those are just a handful of my favorites. So those are a few design trends that I didn't appreciate before, but I appreciate now. I hope you enjoyed that. I know I did. I'm also interested to hear your thoughts. Do you agree or do you disagree with certain items or certain points? Let me know. 
If you like this episode of It's All Perspective, you can come back every Monday, new episodes on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. If you want to follow me personally, you can follow me on Instagram if you want, at Taylor Eco Design. If you're looking for design help and you think that I could be of use to you, reach out. I would love to hear about what you have in mind at TaylorEcoDesign.com. And I think that's all. Oh my goodness. I almost forgot. I will be speaking at the Vancouver Convention Center on Friday, September 29th at 6. We will be speaking about steps on how to create a cohesive space. So if that sounds like something that interests you or can help you, come check it out. I so appreciate our relationship and just our love for that creative conversation and just like challenge each other and share stories and just that's just so fun. Have a wonderful rest of your day wherever you are and I will see you next week. I appreciate you and I love you. I'll talk to you soon. Bye.